Hi, everybody. It's Andy. Rick and TZ talked for so long that we decided to break this into two full-length episodes. So please be looking for Notes from the Underground Episode 3, which should be uh, episode number 50. Thank you. The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another. And we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. (laughs) You are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. Nody no 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 nody no no notes nody no notes from the underground. Welcome back to the Burrows of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and behind the glass is Rocket Man Andy Bishop. And I am so happy to have Tiziana Severse back in the studio. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Known for her subtlety. <laughs> Known for not speaking. Yeah, so glad you're here, I'm Tiziana. I'm glad I'm here too. Yep. So since the last time I saw you, mm-hmm. you had you'd announced, "Hey, I'm pregnant." Yeah. And now I see. <laughs> yes. Now you can. Now it is visible. Yeah. Yeah. It probably wouldn't be as visible, but like you know, it's like there's a part of you as a female that navigates in an American culture that has a like high standard of of visual uh, assessment of a female. So like, as I get more pregnant, I give fewer and fewer Fs. And yeah. so I start like, whereas normally I might stand with like my abs flex and yeah. like, you know, whatever. Now I'm just like, right. <laughs> so I look more pregnanter. You know, what's really sad, Andy, is that I actually look like I'm in my third trimester. Try anymore. <laughs> I'm in my third trimester yeah. right here in front of you. So yeah. yeah, we'd like to make a special announcement today. Rick's slightly more pregnant than TZ. Yeah. That's right. And I'm wearing my vest, but a it's miracle. not working. A miracle here on... It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Well, this is our second Notes from the Underground episode. And I'm uh, make sure that uh, if you don't, if you haven't heard, make sure you listen to Andy's little singing at the beginning, at the beginning oh, of the episode. Do I have to track that down now? <laughs> Yo, you best you. It's, it's Notes from the Underground. Okay, I'll find it. That's great. So uh, what we're doing today is we're going to be talking about, it's like a biography of John the Baptist. Yes. Yes. I know Andy has been looking forward to this all week. I love John the Baptist. I'm curious, yeah, because I mean he seems so formative. You want to talk about metal? Yeah, yeah. He was metal. And you don't you don't really realize you know who's metal kids? John, John the, the Baptist. Baptist. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> straight youth pastor. Yeah, Here I we have, go. I, I have so I I feel that way about so many characters in the Bible. Like I don't know why we waste our time with reality TV. Just read the Old Testament. I it know. Is so ratchet. Yeah, <laughs> it is, isn't it? I love it. It is. How. Do you think you're the first person ever to be like, the Bible is so ratchet? No, I stole that from Alasia Black Hackett, and I want to give her props. Oh, really? Yeah, she said it at church one time, and I laughed my butt off. And she yeah, said, Tino, what I'm talking about, it was hilarious. That's amazing. Reverend Dr. Alasia Black Hackett. Yeah, wow. Stole it. I don't, uh, every time I read the Bible, especially, like you said, especially old time, you get into the judges, you know, and it's like, this is nuts, you know, or like King David's life. Like, this is a man after God's own heart. And you look at his life and you're like, what? They were all terrible parents. That's like the one thing. Like, there's not a single man of God in the Old Testament, quote unquote, Hebrew Bible, who then had kids that were awesome. Like, all their kids are just an absolute mess. I'm like, what happened here? Where's the disconnect? I know. But Absalom was hot. Apparently. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, Absalom. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. 
Tamar had some things to say about that. <laughs> I'm sure she had an opinion about that. I love I love Bible jokes because only people that know the Bible get them. And yeah, everybody these else are is Bible, like, these I don't are get Bible deep cuts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. she'd have an opinion. But I mean, like, look, like, like um Samuel's kids. Oh yeah, we're terrible. Remember, Ralph talked about that. They he were was like, horrible. Yeah. Why yeah, is he, he picking on King Saul? Look at Samuel's kids. You yeah. know, and it's like, yeah, you know, like like all their kids were awful. You know, yeah. I mean, look at the entire succession of kings after David and Solomon. You know, there was like two of them that were like, and Hezekiah did what was right in the Lord, but his son didn't. You know, I mean, like, they, like not a single one of them could like maintain that righteousness through multiple generations. You know, no. maybe maybe Hezekiah's son Josiah. Yeah. So maybe there's like that so one. David was a mess. Solomon was a mess. Mm-hmm. But then he had Rehoboam and Jeroboam. And then, oh man, all hell breaks loose, splits the nation. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. So anyway, but this guy, John the Baptist. Yeah. Heard of him. Yeah. He is, if you think about it, all of the prophets, and I'm going to let Tiziana talk here a little bit about prophecy. Mm. She's been teaching me so much about Old Testament mm. prophecy that we got to make sure that that is on this episode. But- Imagine, we always hear like that 400 years of silence mm-hmm. from Malachi until we get to the New Testament Gospels. And this guy shows up on the scene and they don't know what to think about him. He's wearing a camel jacket. He's eating locusts. And wild honey. And wild honey. He's eating bugs, you know. He looked like a wild man. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's all unkempt. If you've ever watched The Chosen, they call him Creepy John. <laughs> Have I've you ever never wa- seen it. Yeah, they call him Creepy John, yeah. you know. And if you haven't watched The Chosen, you can get the app for free. You can watch yeah. it. I mean, it's... it's Sounds like a hippie. You actually should watch it, Andy, because the way that we've talked about Jesus in here together, mm-hmm. you would enjoy The Chosen, especially being... It really gives him a life. It makes it like he mm-hmm. dances, he laughs. He's a person. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's not that two-dimensional or one-dimensional character. Like Yeah, you know? this like weirdly stoic... Yeah. Like human that probably always moves just a little too slow no matter what he's doing like that's the picture you get of him sometimes of like i know uh, except for like when he's like fashioning whips and well yeah that's true. i love that like i love that because you gotta stop and think it says he went and fashioned one that's right that took a minute that took a minute he was mad long enough to, to go do crafting <laughs> he was mad enough to craft to go to michael's <laughs> Stand in line, purchase the leather, you know, come back home, wind it all together. Probably, you know what? In Probably had to traffic. wet that leather to get it workable. <laughs> yeah. So you let it soak for a little while. Although, you know, I don't know how we fashioned. I don't know if you just went outside and gathered some fronds or what. I don't know. No, it was out of fronds. cords. Well, yeah. It says so, out of cords. What are the cords? Are they like, are they like the rabbi cords or like? How would he even have had access to enough of those to fashion a whip? I don't know, but, but he, he went. So he went hunting. That's the thing. <laughs> he was like, all right. Like, <laughs> that, yeah. He was mad enough to craft. He was mad enough to craft. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's great. But John the Baptist was the. He was a truth teller, and it says in the Bible that he was. Why he had the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. So that means that he was filled with the Holy Ghost his entire life. He never knew what life was like without the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. which is wild to think about. You mm-hmm. know, it really is. Well, Jeremiah, before he fashioned you in know, my mother's womb, I knew you. That's and right. And I was reading, and there's a very interesting verse uh, the other day. I was reading about one of the kings of Israel and his wife, uh, Northern Kingdom, right? Because those were like the worst ones. Uh, this is when I was reading up on Elijah. And the baby, the, the wife was pregnant and um, she was given a prophecy that the baby was going to die. And so she goes to, um, 
I want to say it's, I want to say it's Elisha, but he's lost his vision at that point. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, God is gonna, you are going to lose the baby, but God like said something about like, but, but God thought that was a cool person. That was actually a cool person in there. And so the whole nation's going to mourn your baby and your baby's going to receive a proper burial, but yeah, it is going to die. And there, but there's this really, and I remember I was struck by that. I'd have to look it up exactly. I can do that. But the fact that God was like, no, but I liked that person. And I'm sad that that person has to die now because of what y'all did. Yeah. So. Wow. I mean, obviously I'm paraphrasing. You know, I'm, and I, and I, it's not even coming to my mind right now. It's but anyway. It's like one of those things where it's like a single sentence. I'll hunt while we're chatting. Sure, sure. So the cool thing about John the Baptist is that we know, anybody that's a Christian and studied the Bible or anybody that's studied the Bible, especially the New Testament, it talks about that he was the specific character that was prophesied to arrive to be the herald of the Messiah. And if we look at, it's it's two main prophets that speak about him. It's Isaiah and Malachi, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there are more. If there are, then you know, I need to do some research. But to me, it's Isaiah and Malachi mainly. And it's it's interesting. The sprinkles of Jeremiah, like here and there, I think. Oh, yeah? About the messenger that comes? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Isaiah, if you guys remember in my Olivet Discourse, not my, but our Olivet Discourse, part six, uh, we talked about how Jesus... Uh, right after he was tempted by the devil, he comes into Nazareth. He goes into the synagogue, which was his custom, and he reads uh, from Isaiah. And we know it's Isaiah 61. And he reads up to a point, and he rolls up the scroll, and he sits down, and he says, this has been fulfilled in front of you, you know? And the people are like, wow. <clears throat> and I showed how he had stopped right before the days of vengeance, you know? So it was like the years of the year of the Lord's favor versus the days of vengeance. And Isaiah really speaks about the year of the Lord's favor. Malachi, Mm. on the other hand, talks about the days of vengeance, those last days, the destruction of the people. Mm -hmm. So what I wanted to do while you continue to look for that, first of all, Isaiah was 740 years prior to the birth of Christ, prior to the Mm -hmm. birth of John the Baptist, and Malachi was 400 years uh, prior. So I'm going to read out of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5. Comfort, comfort my people, says your... This is your, the NES version? This is the ESV. Oh, I just wanted to say NES. Like Nintendo Entertainment System version? Comfort, <laughs> comfort my people. <laughs> <laughs> the NES version. That was my Mario. I liked it. I, I, I was thinking New English Standard. I oh. was like, is that a thing? <laughs> I was like, please be a thing. Probably. I, need, I mean, I've got like 5,000 versions on my phone here. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So this is Isaiah talking about, this is that messenger, mm-hmm. you know, that's coming. Mm-hmm. And we know when we get to the New Testament, this is the Pharisees, the Sadducees, mm-hmm. the, Le- the Levite priests come. Mm-hmm. They all come out to meet this crazy man who's baptizing in the Jordan. Mm-hmm. And they're interested in, who are you? Mm-hmm. Like, who are you, right? Yeah. And they ask him, are you Elijah? Right. And you know, I wonder why. Because Second Kings... Uh, Right here, 2 Kings 22, 29. 
So the king of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah went up to Ramoth Gilead. Uh, wait, no, no, excuse me. Second Kings 1, sorry. Can I pause the you? Page, the pages uh, lift were stuck up your together. Bible in front of you. The pages or, were stuck or together. Bring the so, mic down. Yeah, one so of he the says, two. So, so, so he's talking about. So Elijah denounces Ahaz. You know, uh, there was a man to meet us who said to us, "This is verse uh, chapter one five, uh, six, Excuse me. They answered him. There was a man to meet us who said to us, "Go back to the king who sent you and say to him, Thus says the Lord: It's because there is no God in Israel that you are." Going to send Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, therefore you shall not leave the bed to which you have gone, but surely shall die. And he says to them, what sort of man was he who came up to meet you and told you these things? And they answered a hairy man with a leather belt around his waist. It was Elijah the Tishbite. Yep, that's right. So a hairy man. With a leather belt around his waist, which is also how John is described. Now, why, yep. why the leather belt thing? It was just Elijah's dress. I mean, he was kind of like a weird, burly-looking dude. But why is a leather belt important? It's just, it's his Which choice. Like, he also had a cloth shirt. It's not necessarily the leather belt that's important in Second Kings. It's the fact that that's also how John looked. And it was uh, prophesied that okay, John so. would come in the spirit and power of Elijah. Okay. And so, so it's, it's interesting right. that thousand seven hundred some odd years prior when second kings is being chronicled before john so the something about existed, a leather belt is still special the description of elijah matches the description we have of john, john all these years later but something about a leather belt is still special because otherwise it wouldn't be a signifier yeah it wouldn't be but it, i'm not sure that's a good yeah. question maybe they were expensive or hard to come yeah, by that's the only i mean right yeah. that's the assumption uh anyway sorry maybe maybe it's that he is well i don't know why that would be expensive I mean, no, I know. You think see if leather. there's a note. This is the NRSV. Let me read if there's a note. I'll just look. Yeah. So, regardless, you know, he was a hairy man, it said, and they had a leather girdle around him, but it said that John— I'd wore. like to do this for the first time ever. If anybody listening knows that if there's any significance about the leather girdle, please tell us. Yeah, right, please do. Yeah, thank you. Send it to Andy. <laughs> That's fine. I'll take that one. I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. Um also in Isaiah 40, we hear another voice, okay? It's starting in uh, verse 6 through 11. It says, A voice says, Cry. And I said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young." So Isaiah's message is, this is the day of the Lord's favor. This is a good thing for Israel, right? Yeah, well. Well, I mean, it is. If you are the brokenhearted and the poor and the, you know, like <laughs> if you're those guys. But it wasn't for the ones that weren't. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> that was bad news. That was the, the, the day of the vengeance of the Lord for those ones. Exactly. You know, I, I don't know if you... You caught it in the notes, but you know how we always say that there wasn't a prophet for 400 years until John? Mm -hmm. That's incorrect mm. because his father prophesied, mm -hmm. and so did Anna and Simeon at Christ's birth. Yeah. That was before. I think that goes back to what the types of prophets that existed in ancient Israel and uh -huh. like what their different roles might have been. There hadn't been a prophet that—there's a difference between— 
having um, kind of like a word of knowledge or wisdom for like your experience, you mm-hmm. know, individually and being like the mouthpiece of God for the nations. I right. Think. So maybe that's the reference. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like uh, John the Baptist was like the CEO. <laughs> there are other people in the trenches, you know, doing like small gigs. And yeah. Like low attended bars. It's in true. Towns you haven't heard of. Yeah, but everybody wasn't hearing them. Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's what, that's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. No, that's good. No, I really, I mean, but if even like if you think about how he has disciples, like he's running his ministry and then he's got all these little disciples and all these disciples have a function. They're, it's not like they're all just, you know, we, we imagine that they're just following around and nobody's yeah. eating, no one's going to the bathroom, right. no one's dressing themselves. No one's waking up cranky. They're, they're just walking aimlessly behind this guy. And, that you know, that's how we think of it. I, I, maybe we don't think of it that way, but I did for a long time where there was no well, life you certainly, to it. Yeah, you don't really think about them doing human stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, you know how long it takes to take a primitive tool and cut wood, you know, and you're building a fire. Yeah. You know, it's not like they had it yeah. pre-cut at Walmart for go pick up and take it to the fire for that night. I mean, I they're mean, that, working that for that. That gets back to, like, the care of the home and that, you know, in many eras before this one, where if you needed to cook three meals, that was your whole day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole day. Yeah. It's yeah. like you described about Mary Martha. Martha. Mary Martha. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had to go. I mean, that was a lot of hard work. Yeah. So the dividing line between what Isaiah says about this messenger that's coming to herald the, the coming Messiah is Malachi and what he says about the same event and about the same man, or at least we believe it's the same man. If you look in Malachi chapter 4, verses 1 through 6, this is what it says, or he says, or one of the many people says. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts, remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. John, like, he does a good job showing both of those aspects Mm -hmm. because he's screaming out, repent, Mm -hmm. repent, for the Mm -hmm. kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like, you can have this, you can come, you repent, yeah. bring those fruits of repentance, and then you can be baptized. And, you know, for the forgiveness, for the remission, mm-hmm. right? And he was asking them, they were asking him what to do. They were like, how do we be right before God? They weren't asking the Pharisees. They weren't asking the Sadducees. They no. weren't asking the like religious leaders of their day who should have had the answers to those questions. Right. They were coming out into the wilderness and asking John, like, how do we live righteously? How do we live holy? And he was like telling them, this is how you do it. And then baptizing them into that way of life. Right. You know, which is probably another reason why I made the other people mad. Yeah. Which is another thing, if you think about the trek out to the wilderness. Uh, yeah. Right. Because wasn't it near Samaria? Mm-hmm. Like he was up in Samaria. So they really had to trek. They had to get you know, going. To go find that guy. And then he did. That's like cool. he, he talked to the soldiers. Mm-hmm. He told them, you know, that 
and I, and we'll read that here in a minute. Can you imagine in that era the ability to like make waves big enough so that you're heard a hundred you're heard of a hundred miles away? Mm. What yeah. would that take? I think what's amazing that you're hearing about it two thousand years later. Well, that's crazy, well, right? But you're but right. I, but, mil. but I'm not surprised we hear about it now yeah. because of the part of the era where. Can you imagine where? Like the only way to talk to somebody was to like write a letter, put it on a human with a donkey and then send it. Yeah. But people in a large area are all talking about this one human. How, what not all of them, but enough people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. How does that happen? Like, how is he, it, it'd be like. Yeah. In somebody in uh, somebody, I don't want to say Asheville because that's too close. I'd be like somebody in Charlotte. Like, but we, if we didn't have phones, what would you have to do in Hendersonville to get people talking about you in Charlotte? Right. If you didn't have any way to communicate. Yeah, and this is one of those things like where you like. I remember reading like the top ten rules of studying the Bible, and one of them was like, make sure you have a map. Yeah. So if because sometimes if you can look at a map and you can see what was where in relation to where, those kinds of questions make more sense. Like it might have been that, you know, where he was on the river was sort of like part of a travel or trade route or that, something like that. that. Would, yeah, sure, um, sure. So that there there might be an actual answer to that question if we had like a map. Uh, yeah. Oh, even, such even, as this map in the even back given of my that, NRSD. That's, <laughs> that's almost certainly true. Yeah. Like he had to be positioned good, but still the fact that yeah. enough people were talking about him. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah, right. totally. Well, so we know that, so Malachi has used the name Elijah, and Tiziana so kindly read that out of First or Second Kings. Second Kings. What did I do? Tiziana just leaned over a bumper. I'm leaning over my map microphone. now, like a nerd, and I smack my <laughs> microphone. <laughs> but so we know that Malachi is saying they're sending Elijah, and so the, I'm going to read in John chapter one. Uh, which opens up, you know, talking about the word of God and how John, there was a man named John, and he was not the light. He wasn't that light <laughs> like Christ was, but he was here for a reason. And this is what it says, uh, John chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. And this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Now, I want to get back to that a second, because this is supposed to be Elijah, but John said that he was not Elijah. Now, we'll get into it. Are you not the prophet? Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one who you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. So these Levitical priests um, you know, they're coming out, they know what the scriptures say. So let's find out who he is and they know what who look for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And here's the crazy thing. He looks just like it's described. Yeah. You described it perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know what those Levitical priests knew. Mm-hmm. They read the, they I read, mean, they, do, they had second Kings. I think. I don't know if they had second <laughs> Kings or not. That might've been second temple literature. However, the, the stories would have been passed down orally. 
Correct. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of stuff that got written down during the Babylonian exile because there was a panic yeah. to make sure that that oral tradition was recorded. They would have had it because- So a lot of stuff that yeah. we consider quote unquote Hebrew Bible Greek, was recorded during that time. Greek translated? Yeah. This, they had the Septuagint, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they would have had it. So they it. had it. Yeah. They had it. Mm-hmm. So they would have known it better than we did. Right. Mm-hmm. So- Well, especially if you were a Levitical priest. Exactly. I mean, that's their whole life, right? Kind of their job. So- We do know that you're going to find out later on what Jesus says about John and who he is. And that helps us if we're trying to determine, okay, who is John? Because for me, when I was first reading this and I thought, well, he can't be Elijah. Either that or he doesn't know that he's Elijah. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how I first thought about Mm -hmm. it. But Mm -hmm. then the more Mm -hmm. I studied, I realized he actually knew exactly who he was. Mm -hmm. He just didn't answer them the way that they were thinking. Well, and again— to be, if he was Elijah, then we would have had Elijah being reincarnated. Well, he never died. Well, that's true. He could okay, have just yeah. appeared. So, but, but like, there's not really precedent for that, you know, like. No, there's never been precedent for somebody flying up into heaven either. That's true. There's well, two. Except for Enoch. Enoch. That's right. So there was a little precedent. But what I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is, 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 okay. When Isaiah was talking about the Messiah and the rescuer, he was talking about Sirius, who was about to come and set the people free. He was talking about a person, but then he was taking what you know of this person and also saying, but there's going, it was a, it was a type and it was, he was describing a real person, but in a way that you understand was also going to be utilized in the future for another person. And he, they didn't, he, Isaiah didn't have enough knowledge. He didn't have the father's knowledge, so he couldn't describe Jesus exactly. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we go, okay, like this guy, serious, and what he's doing is like a shadow. It's an example of what's going to happen later. So I have always read that as Elijah was the shadow, the example, the type of John. You know what I mean? Like it's supposed to be patterned after his style and after his spirit and after his energy. But, you know, I can't, I don't think that some of the, you know, ancient prophets, they didn't have the access or the wisdom, you know, to be able to describe it exactly. So they had to use the terminology that they had. They had to use the people that they had, you know, and what Isaiah had was serious. And what he had was Elijah. So he's like, it's not going to be exactly like this, but they're going to be like when this. When you're saying serious, or, I'm Cyrus, thinking, excuse me. I'm thinking Cyrus. Cyrus. Yeah. I meant Cyrus. Sorry. I'm, that's not my- serious black. From I blame everything on the pregnancy. Harry Potter. It's because I'm pregnant. <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> Cyrus. Yeah. So, so you know what I mean? So like, so Cyrus as a type of Messiah and Elijah as a type of prophet are like, they're foreshadowings and types because Isaiah didn't have, God wasn't going to come down and describe Jesus Christ exactly. So he instead said, take this Cyrus as an example. You know what I mean? So that's how I've always read it. Well, I think it, first of all, I love the fact that you said spirit and energy. I enjoyed because we're going to read a little bit about that here in a second. Yeah. But then Cyrus, you know, he's the only Gentile that's ever called Messiah, mm-hmm. which is awesome. You know, we talked about that in a previous episode. And I thought, what? Like, yeah. he's actually an anointed one. God selected him to allow them to leave the exile to go back and rebuild. And he was a Messiah, but he was Gentile, mm-hmm. which is awesome, you mm-hmm. know, to think about. So let's go to Luke. I want to, I want to go on what you just said about spirit and energy. Luke chapter 1. Starting with verse five, you can hear me because I'm old school in it over here. With I my love the fact that NRSV. you got your Bible, <laughs> the flipping pages. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I love it. Uh, it's because I don't want my phone to ding. Because <laughs> I'm getting married, so there's people coming into town and this and that. So my phone off. Yeah, and yeah. my Bible in hand. Uh, in the days of Herod, king of Judea, 
there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. We always talk about that. What? You know, what do these angels look like, man? We say they look like men, but I'm like, why are they always afraid of them? There's like, been memes. I'll send you memes. I'm yeah. like, it must have been what they look at me. What is it? Ezekiel describes them as like many eyes and many yeah. faces. It must have been terrifying. Because we know like we, we see them around the tomb. Like these are like a man in white clothing, you know, yeah. sitting. But when that, these angels pop up, they're like, okay, don't freak out. <laughs> You know, it's like, every but I am time. freaking out. Every Why time. do I always picture them with like multiple arms specifically? I don't know. Like uh, that's yeah, it. It's probably Ezekiel. Ezekiel uh. describes them with like more, more, lots of faces, lots of heads, toward multiple torsos. Like Ezekiel, yeah. I think he drank some, yeah. some, some like water good, that was tainted, stuff. you know, like, yeah, back when they were, would drink water, eat bread that had the mold in it and would like oh, trip. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Right. right. There you right. go. Yeah. He made that bread and ate it on poop. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> He did. Yeah, he did. He ate it after he smoked it over some poo, man. Yeah, that's right. right. I forgot about it. (laughs) So, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife shall bear you a son and you shall call his name John and you will have... And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So did you catch that? He says, the spirit and power of Elijah. That's awesome. The uh, NRSV says a verse, because the notes at the bottom for verses, chapters 1, 16 to 17, the spirit and power of Elijah defines John's prophetic task of turning many of the people of Israel to repentance. Yes. Pause. Just grab that microphone and just swing that arm down a little bit so that when you're reading, it's just a little better. Great. Thank oh, you. yeah. So, John the Baptist wasn't Elijah. He answers properly. He's John. He was named John. He was given that name by God through the angel. So, he's not Elijah. He's John, but he's there for the task, the same task that Elijah, he, in the spirit and power of Elijah. So, Now, during Jesus's ministry, so we know just from the writing of the book of Luke that he comes in the spirit and power of Elijah, but Jesus says something and he says it right after his Mount of Transfiguration. And I'd never caught it until we decided to do this study. And so Matthew 17, one through eight, if you don't mind, turn to Matthew 17, (laughs) one through eight. 
And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And so I said here, can you imagine how (laughs) you're—that's noodle cooking, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. you just— you know, like what's going on? And they see Moses and Elijah. I think it's interesting that they knew that it was Moses and Elijah. So obviously they're getting some energy coming through. Was that my wallet? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it fell right out of my back. So, but right after this happens, okay, they're coming down the mountain after the mountain. I mean, they just saw this thing they've never seen. Jesus's face shone like the sun and Moses and Elijah are there. Now, Before I get to that, and please don't let me forget about what they say down the mountain, I have something that I want to propose for you, Tiziana. This is going to be weird. It's almost science fiction-y, okay? We know, based on our belief, that Christ is eternal. He comes from eternal to here, correct? Mm -hmm. All right. We know that Moses is not. We know that Elijah is not. They were created. They were born. They became men. Now, Elijah never talks about his birth, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just shows up. He shows up mm-hmm. during Ahab and Jezebel. He just shows up, but yep. he's a Tishbite, which means he is a descendant of Tish, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. So that means he was born, in my opinion, if he's given that name, or it's just he's coming from that land, whichever, but yeah, he just yeah. shows up. Yeah. Okay. Moses was born. We know his mother. We know that he was born. The whole story, correct? Yeah. But we think about this. Moses and Elijah have this really unique thing. Number one, they're both prophets. Mm-hmm. Moses is, a, like you had said, mm-hmm. very unique prophet. Mm-hmm. Elijah's got his thing. Do you remember when Moses goes up on Sinai? Yeah. And he has that moment mm-hmm. when he comes down glowing like a space and alien. And put a veil over his face. Remember that? Yep. And do you remember the time whenever Elijah also gets to see, doesn't he get to see God's back? Is yes. That, is that yeah, him? Yeah. You know what I love about the story? What is it? Because Tell me. Because when he goes to the mountain... Um, there's this, there's a rushing wind and God's not in the wind and there's like this thunderous thing and there's God's not in the sun, there's a thunderous thing, but then there's this like tiny whisper, God's in the whisper. Right. And that's how Elijah hears him. And he says, hide your face, otherwise you'll die. But he peeks and sees his back, yeah. Now, mm-hmm. hmm. what if the Mount of Transfiguration are all three at once? Oh, get out of here. I love that. So That's when, how my brain works. So when you're in eternity- Yeah, because there's no time with God. There's no time with God. And so when Moses is there and Elijah is there mm-hmm. and Christ is there and he's mm-hmm. shining like the sun- Maybe it's all three of those specific all times three, all happening They're all happening, happening at one time. simultaneously. Dude, I can That's totally really buy that. fun. That's fun theory. I can buy that. It's like yeah. Doctor Who on crack, man. Yeah. No, it's, I can buy that. Isn't that wild? No, I buy that. Now, so if Elijah- is being seen, and we know Elijah needs to come. Nobody nobody ever really talks about that. Mm -hmm. But Jesus doesn't say that when you just saw that Elijah that it matters. I think that Elijah is there in his time, but I don't know if all of this is on the same mountain. I could be wrong. 
Yeah. I think one of them is Sinai and one of them is Mariah. I, who knows? I don't know where they are. The metaphysics of how God does what God does. I you love know? it. I, I love think that's it. a possibility. I mean, I'll take it. Why not? I think it was, to me, it just cooked my brain. Yeah. So. I had never thought about that, but I love that because there's no time with God. God is transferring back and forth through time. And so maybe, yeah. Boom. Yeah. And every time I'm around you two, like I always think of music. I don't know why, because mm. you guys are musicians, you know, mm-hmm. and um, there's a song by Third Day from back in the 90s, mm-hmm. um, Show Me Your Glory. Have you ever heard that song? So in the second verse of Show Me Your Glory, he says, he just he just sees his glory up on the mountain. Like mm. he's talking about the mount. Mm-hmm. And the verse goes, and when I climb down that mountain and I get back to my life, I won't settle for ordinary things. Mm. I want to follow you forever. Like that, mm. that moment, like he realizes, wow, I want to build a tabernacle for all y'all up in here. Like mm-hmm. this is unbelievable. And Christ has prepared a place. <laughs> Who knows what that's going to be like. All right, so let's go to Matthew 17. Let's talk about whenever they are coming down the mountain. And listen to what Christ says about John the Baptist. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. That's an interesting one, right? That you'd think they would know that he was going to be raised from the dead, but remember, they forgot that. And the disciples asked him, then why do the scribes say that first Elijah must come? See, isn't that an interesting question after just seeing all that? Like, wait, what's happening here? He answered, Elijah does come and he will restore all things. But I tell you that Elijah has already come and they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased. So also the son of man will certainly suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. Yeah. So they even knew. We're talking about fishermen. So they had learned. Yeah. Through their schooling, right? Possibly, or they just had learned it and absorbed it from being around Jesus long enough to understand that what their preconceived notions about what Messiah and what Elijah to come were going to look like were not necessarily correct. Because that was one of the things that continues to come up about Jesus being the Messiah. The Israelite understanding of Messiah was a, was a king and was a political figure. Sure. Their understanding of there's going to be a king is as of like David in the line of David. You know, their their previous Messiah was King Cyrus. So there's this constant rewiring of what the the expectations are going to be. Oh, first Elijah's going to come. So they couldn't understand that 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 John was 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 the, the Elijah prophesied right. because they were expecting a literal Elijah. They couldn't understand that Jesus was the Messiah because he was a spiritual Messiah. They were expecting a literal king. Yeah. So, it, you know, so it's possible that they had just been with Jesus long enough to understand that what they were expecting from prophecy as literal was more of like a spiritual type. It makes so much sense, though, if you think about Nicodemus's questions. Mm. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Nicodemus is sitting there in John chapter three, and he's mm-hmm. like, he says, you must be born again. And he's like, how can you uh, possibly be born again? Right. Let's talk about the literal. How am I going to literally do this? And he's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, but also, so after the Israelites were, and this is the period in Israel history that I'm most fascinated with. So after they were all, uh, uh, you know, exiled into Babylon, mm-hmm. that their ability, the, 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 the Jewish ability to worship Hashem or Yahweh or whatever, was removed from them because it was all attached to temple. It was all attached to things that you did at the temple. Right. And so that's where a lot of like the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and a lot of the like little laws about things, because they became so desperate to figure out some way to worship God and they couldn't do it the way that they were used to, that they were like, well, you honor God by doing all this. And so like they really like broke down and got 
super specific and real literal and very like, you know, um, nitpicky about all kinds of rules and laws. Yeah, they create you know? all those rabbinical Yeah, they created all those and- things. Well, that's all very, very literal. Yeah. It's all very, very literal. And so like you're talking about these, these um, experts in the law who have been trained specifically to think only literally, because if you don't literally follow the laws exactly as prescribed, you're not pleasing God. Their entire brains, their entire conceptualization of how to worship their God was based on you literally don't do this, you know? And then here comes Jesus and is like, you understand to tie the 10th of your mint in your dill, but you've forgotten the grander things. Like Jesus was mind blowing in his depiction of how to serve God properly. Yeah, because technically speaking, when he healed on the Sabbath and told the guy to pick up his mat, they saw that as work on the Sabbath. Literal. He was breaking the Sabbath, but we know that Christ was not breaking the Sabbath. But we have the benefit. You know what I mean? We have the we benefit of back. all these years. Yeah, so I think that- Think about how literal be, we are now. Yeah, well, see now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like we're just recreating history. Yep. But so one of the things I try to do, especially when I'm reading John, because John is a great book. It's beautiful, and but it's very, it, it has been in the past read as anti-Semitic. Sure. So I try to remember, just See, like we were, Andy. <laughs> just like we were talking about earlier. We talk about how anti-Semitic I am, you know. Yeah, but just like we were talking <laughs> no. about earlier, you can't paint the entire trans community with a white, with a one brush based on the behaviors of a few. There were plenty of Pharisees that were interested in what Jesus had to say. Yeah. Oh, there were. So, so what, what, what we need to remember is that there was a specific school of thought and type of worship that was based in and around these literal specific intricacies of law that come from the heartbreaking reality that these folks were no longer allowed to worship God the way that had been prescribed because they didn't have their temple anymore. So for me, I try to remember that there's heartbreak Mm -hmm. and there's longing to worship God right somewhere in there. That's why when the Pharisees that did encounter Jesus and were moved by him were moved by him yeah, because in their heart, they were Pharisees because they wanted to deeply understand how to please God. Paul was a Pharisee because he wanted in his heart to deeply know how to please God. He wanted to do it the most intricate way possible. Yeah. So so I try to remember that there was that deep love in there. Oh, of course. No, it no. got mixed up with power in a few of them. Yeah. Uh, whenever they, they were thinking of a literal king, Messiah, coming mm. through the line of David, but no one was keeping up with the lineage of David. And if you think mm. about it, their king that was there, King Herod, he was just uh, uh, planted by the Romans. He was from the Maccabean kings, like as they came mm-hmm. down when the Romans took over. He was just like their puppet, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. So he wasn't from the line of David. Mm-mm. So why weren't they looking for that? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I know. I don't know. <laughs> I get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. Some days you're well, tired when you get home from work, so you don't I look for a new job. You don't look for the Messiah, yeah. you know? You're just like a... Because of what it is. Yeah. So anyway, to get to get back to John the Baptist, so he is he has both the Lord's favor and he's also this prophet of doom. Like he's going to be talking about the coming judgment because he talks about who warned you, you <laughs> brood of vipers, mm-hmm. for to flee the wrath to come. I mean, mm-hmm. brood of vipers. They even talk about how like snakes are birthed inside their mother and they eat their way out and stuff like that. Like that's a whole rabbi thing, like the Hebrew thing. Have you ever heard this? No. I don't believe that's biologically true. Oh, it is actually. That's the way that they, the snake that they're talking about. Oh, and there is a snake that's a that thing, true. bro. No it's a thing. So anyway, yeah, I won't, feel free to Google everybody or <laughs> sure. go on Truth Social. No, don't. Matthew chapter 11. I don't know what that is, but it sounds so bad. You don't know what Truth Social is? Oh, it's just the it's name. It's Trump. 
It's oh, Trump's it social oh. network. It, you can always tell because there's always something like truth in it, or like it's like truth or freedom, or you know what I mean. <laughs> but it's like it's in the name. When the name tells you what to think about a thing, always beware. <laughs> I'm telling you. I know. Every time. Yeah. Uh, they should start with like lie social. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. My off. opinion social. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm going to say that again. If the name of a thing tells you what to think about it, beware. That's right. That's why when you hear TikTok, it's not actually the sound of a clock. Matthew chapter 11, verses 7 through 15. This is some more about what Jesus says in regards to John. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing. By the way, a reed shaken in the wind. That word reed, that's what Simon's name actually means. Shimon means reed. Oh. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. And he changed his name to rock. So Peter came from the reed and became the rock. All right. Behold, uh, he says, a man dressed in soft clothing. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. I tell you what. There's only one man I think that's ever said about, right? More than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I had said, you know, it's interesting, we all have ears, <laughs> but do we all have ears to hear? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, Elijah has come. Now, this is interesting. If you've listened to my Olivet Discourse, mm-hmm. I got an hour, sorry, our Olivet Discourse from my perspective. If Elijah comes, that means that the great and terrible day of the Lord is at hand. Mm-hmm. Not just the day, the year of the Lord's favor, mm-hmm. but the great and terrible day of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I believe that it happened. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you. Agreed. <laughs> Neat. You <laughs> are one. <laughs> All right. So, um, let's see. Matthew oh, I had, 11. Huh? You were Matthew 11? I was at you Matthew 11. just got 11. done with verse 15. Let anyone with ears listen. Yeah. And I was trying to find my place in my notes here because... The ears to hear, you know, that's, it's a spiritual thing that he says in order for us to understand you have to, you're listening in a spiritual way. That's what he means. Cause we all had ears, you know, just like he talked about eyes, like in in order to see, like he, he says to him, you're the blind leading the blind. Mm -hmm. And we know that they weren't blind. Mm -hmm. They just couldn't see things, the spiritual side, Mm -hmm. or you are you know, your whitewashed tombs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're beautiful on really, the outside. Yeah, it's a metaphor. Yeah, it's metaphorical. All right, so um, when it comes to the eyes, this sort of tells you, I, I wanted to kind of go to the spiritual side. Luke 17, verses 20 and 21, it says, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So the kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. Like all of this stuff is here. Like, yeah, we're here, but he's the king and 
they're not even recognizing that you know he's right there in front of them, and that the herald of a king, John, had been there, and he said he was already here. Elijah's already been here. Mm-hmm. That meant that the king was there, mm-hmm. but they couldn't see it. Mm-mm. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, to me, like I feel like I, I always think of you know we have. Right now, there's this studio exists in the spirit as well. And whatever we're doing here in our physical bodies, in the spirit realm, something is also happening. Right. And we're not always necessarily aware of what's going on in the spirit world, but Jesus was fully walking. He was fully man and fully God. Mm -hmm. So he was so in tune with his own destiny and with his own identity as a child of God, that whatever he, whenever he was walking in the physical, he was walking in perfect alignment with the spiritual as well. Mm -hmm. And we are all the rest of us fumbling around out here are doing our best to create that alignment. Right. But Jesus just had it, you know? And so- Yeah, and we actually talk about how he grows in wisdom and stature because I believe that he's fully man and fully God. However, I think that he had emptied his divinity and then he gains it over time Mm. as he goes. Mm. The spirit gives him, Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? If you grow in something, then you don't have something. So that he has to, he sort of gets it. And we figured out along the way, it says somewhere in John, uh, it says, and then when he knew that he was from God and going to God, it's like, wait. I'm not a high Christology person. Yeah. I'm just not. So I'm just- I'm Can just you saying, explain like, what that word means? Oh, high Christology. Uh, it means getting high and yeah. reading, studying no. crystal. <laughs> no. So, okay. so referring to like, so so high Christology versus low Christology is is like you have a spectrum, God being, Jesus being a dude and Jesus being God. And whether you're, where your theology lands on that spectrum determines how a lot of ways how you interpret scripture mm-hmm. and how you interpret. John has a, the book of John has a high Christology. It focuses yeah. a lot on on Jesus's uh, spiritual nature, on Jesus's godless, godlikeness, on Jesus's not having, you know, the same struggles, but like, you know, Mark is definitely like a lower Christology. And mm-hmm. so it tends to focus more on like Jesus as a person and what he was doing with his physical body, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. so at different points and at different times, like the, the quote unquote church, once it became especially like a world power that was in charge of governments and stuff, would often use high Christology to justify what it was doing because Jesus wasn't really a person, like he was not even man. So we don't, it's, right. you know, so it's not the same. So uh, I'm not some a high thought, Christology person. Yeah, I am some a thought that he was a person. spirit that was just clothed in right. like something that tricked yeah. the eye. He was actually just a spirit and yeah. stuff. There's a name for it. It was a her- heretical doctrine of some kind. Back yeah, then. I mean, he was an infant. He learned how to talk. He pooped his pants. Like- He did all of that stuff. He learned how to walk. He probably, you know, when he was a toddler and somebody took a toy from him, hit his mom. Like, you know, like he was a person. Mm -hmm. He was a person. Yeah. And that's why we say like, and it was without sin. It's difficult. You know, (laughs) we talked about how he had siblings, you know, later. Of course, he was miraculously, you know, birthed, but the the other siblings were natural, normal, regular. And, you know, if... (laughs) To be a younger sibling, they'd be like, why can't you act like your older brother? You know? (laughs) I think it would have been the other way around. Go clean your room. I think it would have been the other way around. He never has a mess in his room. What is your? At least I'm not trying to overthrow governments like your like my older brother. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) At least I'm not a heretic. Yeah, yeah, at least I'm not a heretic. I Why think couldn't that's you have been. covered that lamb's poop before you laid down on it like your older brother does? Yeah, you know? <laughs> Well, you know, but I mean, I, anyway, we're going to keep going on tangents. I'm going to stop. Sure. Okay, yeah, we yeah. are. I've, everything you say, I have another thought that makes me think of another I know, thing. I know, I know. And we really do need to wrap this episode up. But what no, I, really? What I wanted you to do this time, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. We, we, well, I mean, we got some time. We're Okay. Okay. Because I need you to talk about some prophecy stuff too, uh, Old oh, Testament. Yeah. All right. But before we get into that, do you mind to read? You got your Bible. Oh, I got my Bible. Yeah. 
um, I've been doing all this reading. I would like you to read Matthew chapter three, verse one through 17, because we're doing a bio of him, right? Mm -hmm. So let's hear like the things that he said and the things that he did. And uh, it will be a little uncomfortable, but hold it up. So we'll do. Okay. Matthew three, one through 17. Now I'm reading from the NRSV. That's fine. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, repent for the kingdom of God has come near. This is the one whom the prophet Isaiah spoke, of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. When the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestors. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the ax is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Keep going. Yep. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now. For it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved with whom I'm well pleased. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you remember whenever when they were on the Mount of Transfiguration? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what God said then? This is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased or whatever. And who was there? Elijah and Moses. Bam. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Done. Yeah. I mean, it's I, the same. Andy's all over this Sainsies. one. Like he, <laughs> I just yeah. thought it was interesting that Elijah was there. Yeah. And, you know, he says it out loud to the disciples, but, you know, Elijah was there and it's the same exact it's the thing. the same experience, yeah. That they had said, you know, back then before then. So John had had heard the voice of God. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, well, I say it so nonchalant. It's really cool to hear the voice of God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. It's really t- <laughs> Remember the day I heard the voice of God? I had a great hot dog later. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, that's a good. Do you mind to read some more? Oh, I love to read. Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 57 through 80. This is going to be talking about Elizabeth giving birth. Oh, I love this story. Yeah, and I think it talks about what you would, were telling me, that I John so wasn't even thoughts. a family name. No. Yeah. No, it wasn't. So, Sorry, I said Luke what? Luke chapter 1, verse 57 yeah. through 80. 57. These are the verses now, that people mm-hmm. don't read uh, normally. They wait till Christmas and then they read about Jesus' birth, mm-hmm. but they never talk about John. So yeah. it kind of gets missed a lot, you know? Yeah. Now, now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her and they rejoiced with her. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, no, he is to be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives have this name. 
Then they began mentioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He wrote for, he asked for a writing tablet and wrote his name as John, and all of them were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue freed, and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them pondered them and, and said, when, what will this child become? Yeah, what then will this child become? For indeed, the hand of the Lord was with him. So that partially answers your question oh. about how could people have known something about this guy. Well, that's From what I'm saying. Birth, He's got to do something. People were like, whoa. Yeah. 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 Fear, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke this prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty savior for us in the house of of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abram. Abram, Abraham. I'm pregnant. The grand test <laughs> that we technically you're correct by saying Abram and uh, Abraham because yeah, that was his name, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I, my, yeah. I'm going to blame it on that. Not just my inability to read. Uh, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, and you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins, by the tender mercy of our God. The dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. The child grew grew and became strong in spirit. And he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. Yeah. That's really something. Now, when you said the prophet of the Most High, like you kind of emphasized that. Did you have something in mind? Well, so Israel was not supposed to have a king. That was not what Israel was supposed to do. Israel was supposed to have God as their as their God, and they were supposed to have judges, but they wanted to be like the nations around them. And they were like, give us a king, give us a, give us a king. And God was like, all right, it's not going to be good. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> he said it. No, I know. But okay, you want what you want. Go on ahead and have it. Hi, everybody. It's Andy. Rick and Easy talked for so long that we decided to break this into two full-length episodes. So please be looking for Notes from the Underground, Episode 3, which should be uh, Episode number 50. Thank you.